Greetings once again from high atop downtown Everett here in the KRKO studios. It's Thursday night, which means it's time once again for another Prep Sports Weekly radio show. My name is Steve Willits, and joining me on the other side of the glass, and the gentleman who's keeping us on the air tonight, it is the run doctor, Brandon Hamilton. Tom Lafferty with the night off tonight, but we've got a full show for you here. Prep Sports Weekly is brought to you by Aced Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, by Everett Safe and Lock, and by Glass by Lund. Well, let's see. Since we were here last week, seven days ago, high school football season has concluded. Wesco football wrapping up last Thursday. Spring sport athletes, and I cannot even begin to tell you how happy this makes me, spring sport athletes and teams are back to competing for the first time in almost 23 months. Season's getting underway yesterday. I think pretty much everything except for tennis, which was rained out, and I think that was more of a just trying to be cautious with threats of rain. I know at least in South Snohomish County where I was, it didn't rain at all. But nonetheless, some of those matches were rescheduled for today, others tomorrow. But everything else underway right now, so we're happy for that. And the third thing, the Gonzaga Bulldogs lost their historical season and a chance at a national championship. And with that went the uh, the hopes of Corey Kispert from Edmonds, Kings High School. We've had him on the show before and his hopes for a national title. So three different things going on. I think we should talk about all three tonight, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and give you the lineup for the next hour, shall we? Speaking of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, I'm wearing my hat right now. Jumped on the bandwagon. I'm a diehard University of Washington sports fan. I went to SPU, but tend to root for the Zags on the basketball side of things. And since I was wearing the hat proudly while they were undefeated throughout the course of March, figured I'd better wear it tonight in honor of our first guest. Coming up later on here, or just in a few moments, from the Everett Herald, a Gonzaga alum, Cameron Van Til will be joining us. We'll maybe talk a little Zags with him, but we're also going to talk about the Lake Stevens Glacier Peak football game that he covered last week. And Wesco football as a whole, since well the five-week season came to a, a conclusion last Thursday night, and we want to get his thoughts on that a little bit. So plenty to talk about with Cameron, and also maybe even get a few thoughts on spring sports season. And speaking of football, by the way, how about this? For the first time since 2018, the Jackson Timberwolves football team picking up a victory last Thursday night. Big thing for them right there. And boy, not only did they win, but they did it in dramatic fashion. They're down by one point. Again, this is a team that hasn't won in two and a half years. You're down by one. You're at the 27-yard line of the Everett Seagulls. You line up for a 44-yard field goal attempt. If you miss it, you got the next five months to think about another winless season and what that means, dejection, heartbreak, uh, trying to get momentum going into next year. It, it all comes back and it all stays with you. But if you make it, you get to walk away victorious. And that's exactly what they did. James Yoon. Junior kicker for the Timberwolves, kicking the 44-yarder as time expired. We're going to have James on the show tonight, along with his brother Daniel, who was the his predecessor at Jackson. He was the place kicker there for a couple of years. Daniel now over at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, where he's kicking over there. And this is an interesting story. These are two young men who, uh, who their family relocated to the United States back in 2014 from South Korea. Didn't even know what football was. And here they are seven years later, and it's a huge part of their lives, and they're also outstanding students. So we'll talk to the Yoon brothers. And then finally, later on in the show tonight, we're going to talk a little spring sports. We already mentioned it. We're going to catch up with the Mariner boys soccer coach, Henry Bush, who's going to join us. They, uh, they took the pitch for the first time last night since May 2019. Do the math. That's 23 months ago. 1-1 draw for them. They played Shorewood last night, another very good team. But I think we're probably looking at a situation where – and we'll hear more from Henry about this, but did it really matter if you won or lost last night? I think it was just about getting back out there and being able to comp- compete after so long. So great to have that and great to be able to talk to Henry later on tonight live on the show. So once again, tonight's Prep Sports Weekly show is brought to you by the Law Office of Russell Hill, the Hometown Handyman by Screen Printing Northwest, and by the Buzz in Steakhouse. Let's get things going right now. Misery does love company, and I, I should also point out Cameron Van Til, and you, you already know this, we talked about it. I, uh, I was in first place in my 70-entry bracket. I, had, I stood, stood to win some money if Gonzaga had won on Monday. Wore the lucky hat, it didn't help, they didn't get the victory, but I'm thinking you're hurting even more. You're 
heart and soul goes into that program. I know you are a huge diehard Gonzaga fan. So before we start talking high school sports, tell me a little bit about the Zags and uh, how you're feeling. How are you coping three days later? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tough. This has not been the, the easiest week. And, you know, I, I think I made a joke on Twitter last night that, you know, here goes the, the start of a, a four-month recovery process and trying to get over this, uh, this loss. And while I was joking, uh, there, I also was not joking to some degree too. Um, it's going to take it's going to take a long time because you know to be so close, uh, not only to a national championship but to a a perfect undefeated season. I mean, basically, if you win, uh, the Zags go down as one of the, the all-time greats in the history of the sport, first undefeated national champion in in 45 years. And so to, to come so close to that, um, it's absolutely heartbreaking. But you know, again, credit to, to Baylor. They just dominated on Monday night. And I think in in retrospect, Baylor, Baylor was an all-time great team. I mean, they it's not for that. They had a, they had a COVID pause for about three weeks back in January and February. Um, and after that, you know, it took them a couple weeks to kind of get back to where they were. They were undefeated before that. Uh, they ended up losing two games. I think if not for that COVID pause, you're probably probably looking at, at most, a, a one-loss national champion, maybe even an undefeated national champion for Baylor. And so, um, you know, it, to, to, one, to some degree, it makes it a little bit easier to stomach knowing that you, you lost to really a, a credible team in Baylor. Um, but still, you know, it, it's tough to it, – it, it's certainly tough to, the way it happened. And, you know, Gonzaga certainly – did not play anywhere close to the way it's capable of playing, but also a lot of that was, um, you know, credit to Baylor and, and how they played. I mean, it was an incredible championship game performance by then and by them. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. You know, there's no, uh, th- this is not the NBA playoffs where you get to kind of, you know, regroup and make some adjustments and come out and show what you're all about in game two. Uh, you know, it's it's a single elimination tournament. You get one shot, and you know, Baylor made the most out of it. So, boy, now that I'm listening to you, I feel like I should have had this conversation with you about four weeks ago before I filled up my bracket. Perhaps I would have won some money, but yeah, nonetheless. Uh, and <laughs> well, I, I, to, to be clear, I picked Gonzaga <laughs> and won it all, so I think you, you still probably would have lost. You were but. picking with your heart, though. But yeah, I will say this. Back when I was 11 years old in 1984, diehard University of Washington fan, the Huskies made it to the Sweet 16 that, that year and lost to Dayton, of all teams, in the Sweet 16. And I thought, well, for years to come, we'll have a chance to go to the Final Four, or at least the Elite Eight. Here we are 35 years later, and I'm still waiting. So at least your team's been to the championship game. So I uh, I, I, I feel bad for you, but at the same time, I, I envy you and wish I could be in that spot. But uh, nonetheless, before we move off of the topic of basketball, and I, I do need to ask, remind me here for a moment, you started with the Everett Herald what year? Um, back in uh, I'm putting you on the 20- spot, huh? Yeah, fall of fall of 2016. So I, I actually I know kind of where you're going with this. And Corey Kispert, I did, I, I did I did get a chance to interview Corey. Yes, during his senior year. So you you did watch him play once or twice, then I would imagine. Is that fair to say? Or, I did, I did, or did you yeah, cover actually, the state tournament that year? Yeah, actually multiple times because I, I saw him back when I was working up um, in Linden. I actually um, he played Linden Christian in the state or not. I think it was in the district. Pretty tournament. much every year in the district, and sometimes, and well, that the... yeah. And I saw him. I saw him at state actually in an incredible game against uh, Zilla uh, in the state quarterfinals, which was really kind of the state championship game because they were one and two. Um, Kispert had like I think five points in like the final minute and like the game-winning assist at the buzzer. Um, yeah, so I, I I saw it. It was kind of cool, you know, as a Gonzaga fan, seeing Kispert um, and interviewing him. You know, back when he was in high school, and then obviously watching his his progression at Gonzaga. So. Well, and just interesting because I know I had a chance to watch him, I would guess, maybe 12 times in high school, and a half of those were probably as a public address announcer because I would do games during districts over at Mount Lake Terrace High School, and that seems to be where Kings would end up quite often. And the thing that got me about him even back then is he just looked different out on the court. He, he walked out onto the court for the intros, and you looked around, and it was like you saw nine teenagers and you saw Corey Kispert. Uh, but even even then, you know, you're watching, you know, this this one A basketball, and you're not really sure how it equates to. Well, what does that mean at the next level? How does that translate into the college game? And I always kind of wondered. I figured, you know, he's he's just such a great kid, and he's got his head on straight. I think we always figured that he would be really good, but I didn't know to what extent. And here we are, four years later, and we're talking about an All American just played in the national championship game, and now they're talking NBA lottery for him. 
What was your projection for him when you, as a both as somebody who covered him and as a Gonzaga fan, knowing he was going to your school? What were your expectations, and I'm I'm assuming he exceeded them. Is that fair? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I definitely had high hopes for him, but I think if you were to ask, you know, probably any Gonzaga fan out there, I mean, if you would have told me that he would have been a, a first team All American as a senior, I, I certainly would would not have believed that. And, and that's just that's just a credit to Corey. I mean, he's obviously a very naturally uh, gifted uh, player, uh, but um, you know, his, I, I pulled up some stats here. I mean, he's really the embodiment of a four-year college player who puts in the work and just improves every year. And there, there, there's, there's obviously a ton of stats I could go to, but you can see it just from his points per game. I mean, it went from 6.7 points per game as a freshman. He spent most of that year coming off the bench. Uh, he started his sophomore year, uh, averaged eight points per game. And then, you know, some key guys – uh, got drafted and uh, and, and he re- really kind of became the one of the go-to guys his junior year. Averaged 13.9 points per game, and then uh, kind of up to really up to, to the next level this year at 18.6 points per game. Um, so really, I mean, you and again, there's a lot of different stats I could I could reference, but you know, he just he he continually got better year after year, and I think that's one of the uh, one of the really Really, uh, you know, great things about about his career at Gonzaga and why he's, you know, I think will will definitely go down as, as an all-time great. Um, you know, not only did he accomplish so much, but you know, he really put his heart and soul into it. And uh, and also, I, I have to say too, I wanted to add this little tidbit. Um, you know, cause there was a quote that he had um, the other the other night after the national championship, and it kind of went viral um, where he was talking. He was talking about how how there can be a lot of good that comes out of a bad situation, and um, I would definitely recommend listening to it if people people are interesting. Um, if people are interested, because I just think he 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 had such a great kind of life perspective there, and it took me back to when I interviewed him as a uh, senior in high school, and he uh, his team at Kings was going for their third consecutive state title, and um, Corey had just injured his foot um, and was out for the season, and so. Um, you know, it was obviously a, a really big, big blow to Kings and a really big, big blow to Corey, um, you know, who really so badly wanted to be out there with his teammates. But I, I remember interviewing him, and he, I was just struck afterwards by the, uh, just his perspective on it, um, on how, again, it was kind of a similar theme of how, you know, good things can come out of this bad situation and how, um, you know, it, was, it, was, it already kind of helped him just to become kind of a more well-rounded person. Um, and I was just struck by kind of the, the wisdom and maturity and life perspective that he had there as a high school senior. Um, honestly, to some degree, it was probably, probably uh, at, that, at that moment in his life, he probably had more life perspective and wisdom than a lot of us adults probably will ever have. And, um, and that was, just, you know, at 18... 19 year old kid and um you know he's he, he's by all accounts you know by everything coaches and teammates and everything say you know he's uh, the the ultimate leader um and so i i wanted to throw that out there because i think is as uh as great of a basketball player as he is and he'll be playing in the nba and i think can carve out a, a long career for himself there with with the way that he shoots the three but as great as great of a player as he is i think he's an even better person and so well said yeah, and before we, uh, I still want to save a little time to talk some football here. So, Corey Kispert, we certainly wish him well, and I have a feeling we'll talk about him again later on down the road, definitely. I do need to eat crow for a second time here. I already talked about missing the Gonzaga pick on Monday. You and I were texting last week. I, I missed the, I hate to say this, Tom, try, don't hate me. I missed the Lake Stevens Glacier Peak game. I, I thought GP was the, this was their year. I was looking at those four common opponents. I thought they were going to beat him this year. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad you guys didn't ask me to make picks in the paper this year because you would have gotten me on that one. You of all people, you you still you stuck with Lake Stevens and 63-35, 28 points later, they walk away with another undefeated season. How good was this Lake Stevens team? They they were definitely very good. You know, I I don't know how necessarily they would compare to some of the teams, some of the other Lake Stevens teams in recent years. Uh, it's tough to know with a with a shortened season and everything, and also those teams of you know especially the the previous two seasons were just incredible. So I mean that that's a really high standard I think for for any team, including Lake Stevens, to to uh, to replicate. Um, but yeah, I was I was with you. I, I picked I picked Lake Stevens solely because of 
you know, essentially their reputation. And I learned very early on in my career at the Herald never to pick against Lake Stevens. Um, <laughs> I made that mistake once, and I uh, told myself I wasn't going to do it again. Uh, so I picked Lake Stevens there. But at the same time, and again, you're looking at those common opponents. They, they played the same four teams going in, and Glacier Peak beat those teams by almost 11 points more per contest. Uh, so you're looking at it, and you're like, man, like Glacier Peak might have a real shot here to end Lake Stevens' 45-game win streak against West Coast 4A opponents. And uh, yeah, you know that, that was a spectacular game. Uh, there were, it was a really, I think the really cool thing about that game was it was probably, you know, in terms of covering high school sports, probably the the best um, back and forth individual duel I've probably ever seen between uh, Ryan Black, the star senior running back at Glacier Peak. And uh, Jaden Lamar, the the star sophomore running back at Lake Stevens, who uh, already has multiple Pac-12 offers, actually just got an offer from UW the other day. Um, Lamar returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, uh, finished with 164 yards from scrimmage, had five total touchdowns. And Ryan Black ran for 348 yards and three touchdowns on 32 carries. I mean, 342 yards is incredible against anyone in a high school game, but to do it against Lake Stevens is, like, unheard of. Um, so that, that even though the score was a little lopsided, and actually it, it, was, it was a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter. So Glacier Peak, Glacier Peak was, was hanging with Lake Stevens there, and then the Vikings just kind of poured it on in the fourth. They had 28 consecutive fourth-quarter points. But um, – you know, that was a really entertaining game, a lot of offensive fireworks, and just an incredible back and forth between Ryan Black and Jaden Lamar. Okay, we got about four minutes to go here, so I'm going to speed through some of the other games of the last week, and stop me when you want to throw a quick word or two in here otherwise. Uh, Edmonds Woodway defeating Meadowdale 27-0. The Warriors going undefeated this year. Steele Swinton 12 touchdowns in three his final three games. Edmonds Woodway only giving up 20 points all year. MP taking it on the chin against Union. That was a replacement game for Stanwood, 53-22. I think Dylan Carson's going to be pretty good his senior year for Marysville Pilcher. Yeah, definitely. Shorecrest beating Shorewood 50-6. Speaking of a Carson, how about Carson Christensen? His dad is the coach, Brandon Christensen. Only a junior. I've had a chance to watch him play a couple of times. Don't think that he's playing because dad's the coach. He's the real deal. So watch out for Shorecrest next year. Monroe getting 337 yards passing and five touchdowns from Bryson Blankenship, the senior. And they defeated Snohomish 42-22. to Scott Darrow, his first year as the head coach, 3-2 and for Monroe. Only two losses. Glacier Peak and Lake Stevens. Here's one for you, Cameron. Kamiak 44, Cascade 14. The Kamiak Knights break them up. They're undefeated. 4-0 this year. Yeah, re- really great turnaround by the Knights. I mean, they were they had, I think, three consecutive one-win seasons. And, uh, you know, they, they really made a, a huge jump in, in head coach Brian Thomas's third season this year. Uh, going 4-0, beating another undefeated team in Cascade in that finale. So really, really, a, really a great, great spring season here for Kamiak. Yeah, Nick Lehman, uh, Lehman uh, three touchdown rushes, two touchdown passes in that game. Lakewood 50, Cedar Crest 0. I think a lot of teams are happy that Lakewood is not in Wesco. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wanted to give a shout-out to Lakewood because I saw them in their Week 4 game against Archbishop Murphy. That was really their only close game of the season and even then the the final score 32-21 was not really indicative of how the game went um you know Lakewood fell, fell behind early on two blown coverages in the secondary but after that they outscored Archbishop Murphy 32 to 7 the rest of the way and they were just dominant all season i mean they beat Getchell 69 nothing they rolled to a 77 nothing halftime lead over Everett they beat Stanwood 48 to nothing um, they were, you know, when I talked to Dan Teeter after that game against Archbishop Murphy, he really felt like this was a team that could have made a run at the 2A state title, and they definitely showed that this year. Um, they were a Lakewood team that came so close to reaching the state semis last year, and I think they, they had a lot of pieces to make a deep run this year. And I think, I think out of all the teams, out of all the local football teams, Lakewood might be the one where. You know, it probably stings the most not having a, uh, a state playoffs this year because I think I think they really could have made a, a special uh, a special run. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, Murphy defeating Getchell twenty eight to seven. Arlington losing Trent Noback first game of the year came back and defeated Mariner fifty to twenty one. Mount Lake Terrace they were winless going into this game. They were down by thirteen late in the third quarter. They come back and beat Linwood twenty to nineteen. Here's a name to remember for the future: Xavier Jones. 
a freshman, ran for 120 yards in that game. Ethan Dunn scoring the winning touchdown. And then finally, and this will lead into our next segment, Jackson, for the first time in two and a half years, picking up a 36-34 victory over Everett thanks to James Yoon's 44-yard field goal attempt as time expired. And the best thing about all of this, Cameron, especially in a year like we've had, Every single team that suited up and played Wesco football this year in a five-game season, every team picked up at least one win. Kind of cool. That is true. Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, every team got to get in the win call. That's, that's awesome. I didn't either until I noticed it earlier today, and I thought, hey, of all the years, this is the one. So I'm happy about that. Before we go here, just really quick, uh, what can we expect from you guys at the Herald in the spring? Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep trying, trying to do our best. You know, we're in a, a tough situation right now. You know, COVID hit us extremely hard. Um, you know, we essentially have a two, maybe two and a quarter person sports staff right now, um, including our sports editor. So you look at, you know, I'm, I'm basically the only full-time uh, writer. Well, not even full-time because I'm still on reduced hours. So we're, you know, that we're trying to, trying to do our best kind of balance everything. But, you know, I think we'll be, we'll be more focused on feature stories this year as opposed to game coverage, um, you know, trying to, trying to tell kind of some of the stories of local athletes, whether they're, you know, in, in college, whether they're in high school, um, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, people have shown um, on our on our website, you know, through the data that we have. That's the stuff that people really want to read. And um, so we'll be we'll be kind of focusing on that. And we have some great stuff coming up. We have the, the all area uh, teams for fall sports. Uh, Zach has a, a great spring preview story uh, coming up, I think, this weekend, uh, you know, kind of talking about talking to various uh, coaches and teams from spring sports about, uh, you know, kind of returning to action after this 23-month layoff. Um, yeah, so keep on keep on reading the Herald. Again, we're it's tough times, so we're going to keep trying to, to do our best to provide the, the content that people want to see. Still I'll read it every day. Heraldnet.com. You can also subscribe to the paper. Cameron Van Til, thank you as always for your time, and thank you for your efforts. Again, I know you guys are short-staffed there this year. You guys keep doing a fantastic job, and you keep providing content for our local teams and athletes, and we, uh, we thank you for that. So, Cameron, thank you. Have a great night tonight. Yeah, thanks. You too. There we go. So we go from talking to Cameron Van Til of the Everett Herald. Now we're going to swing on over to Jackson as well as Middletown, Connecticut. We're going to talk to the Yoon brothers coming up next. James Yoon kicking the winning 44-yard field goal for Jackson last Thursday night and brother Daniel, who is a kicker at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. Coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz-In Steakhouse. Dinner doesn't have to be a battle because the Buzz Inn is open again for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-LAW-0842.
We're going to go back to high school football one more time, and why not? What a story that took place last Thursday night. Final game of the West Coast season. The Jackson Timberwolves haven't won a football game in two and a half years, almost two and a half years. Final play of their season. They're down by one. 44-yard field goal attempt coming up. If you make the field goal, everybody walks away happy. They get their victory. If you miss it, they've got to wait another six months to try to get a victory. And lo and behold, out comes James Jung, and he kicks the field goal up through the uprights. It is good. Everybody celebrates. And James is joining us right now. He is a junior at Jackson High School, and we've got a double feature here, a little bonus. His brother Daniel, older brother, also on the phone. He was the former kicker at Jackson, and he is now at Wesleyan University playing football back in Middletown, Connecticut. And, James, we're going to start with you because what a big night you had last Thursday. You're only a junior. I, I just presented the situation there. You walk on, onto the field knowing that everything is on the line. It's not like it's a tie game and you're going to go to overtime. You either make the field goal and win or you miss it and lose, and you just pop that thing right through. Were, were you nervous at all? No, just everybody was coming on to me in the sideline right before the kick, trying to give me inspirational quotes that just be calm, be excited. And I just knew that if I just trust the technique, trust the process, trust the kick, that it's going to go in, that I've done this kick too many times to screw it up. So, and then, and then I think it's just blessing that you know, it's a kicker's dream, that as a kicker, you don't get to make the biggest hits, biggest throws, biggest runs. But just like you said, uh, when the chance came up last Thursday night, I was able to get that through the uprights and help my team win. Well, of course, the video's been going viral. We've seen it around here. I know it was reported in the Herald. I don't know much leading up to that play, so kind of take us through that a little bit. Where did the possession start, and were you were you watching on the sideline thinking, I want this, I want this badly, or were you kind of maybe secretly hoping, oh, yeah, a nice little 50-yard touchdown to end this game wouldn't be such a bad thing either. What, what was your mindset, and take, take us through the few plays leading up to it. Yeah, so when you look at the game, uh, we were winning most of the game until the fourth quarter. That uh, we were so first, probably like eight minutes left in the game. Um, I was supposed to kick off after a touchdown, but because of a 15-yard penalty and a five-yard penalty, we were back down at a 20-yard. And then uh, the whole game, I was told not to kick to number one, but the ball got to number one, and then and then he scored a touchdown. So it was it was my mistake there as well. And then I knew that okay, please something come up so I can have a redemption. And then I was waiting. We were going back and forth, back and forth, until exactly one minute left in the game when we got the ball, probably like 30-yard line, and I wasn't sure if we are going to get to my field goal range or not. I knew that we had like two timeouts left, so I was like, okay, maybe maybe this is the chance that, you know, when you dream of every single night just for that moment. And then somehow we were marching on, and then I get the 44-yard field goal chance and then our coach tells, hey, go and kick it. And then and then there's the story from there. So what is realistically your range? How, how, how far out can you kick from? Well, so in practice, I can kick around 55. And that, that game, uh, in pregame and in, in halftime, I was kicking around from 53. So I was like, okay, somewhere get there around there. And then, and then we were there 44 yards. So I was, okay. Let's do this. <laughs> and do what you did. And did you know right away, as soon as you uh, you got your foot on it, did you did you know it was good? Yeah, so for that, I remember going onto the field, taking my three steps back, two steps left, and taking a deep breath like I normally do. And after that, the next thing I remember is seeing the ball go through the uprights. I don't exactly remember how I kicked. I just remember seeing the ball go through the uprights and everybody on my team jumping on me. So, you know, I was just hoping – Okay, let's just trust the swing. Let's just take the two steps and swing that because I've done it too many times to not make it. And then I see the ball go through the uprights. Well, and it went through the uprights, and it was a fun video to watch because just the, the joy on that team. Again, it had been two and a half years, and to watch everybody run towards you out onto the field and to have that moment of celebration, what did it mean for the Timberwolves football team? And you guys are still out there, even though you're not winning the games that you'd like to. You're still out there practicing every day. I know Coach Siddick, we've had him on the air here a couple of times now, and I know what, what kind of effort he and his coaching staff put into it. What did it mean for you guys to, to end the season on a high note? I think the most blessing thing is that we were able to send the seniors off off of a, this kind of dramatic victory. That, you know, when you don't have uh, much success in the last two years, and then 
uh, for the seniors, mostly most of them are not going to play a football game ever in their life. And then when you end in a, this kind of dramatic victory, I think it's such blessing, such uh, such grateful for all the that I, we were, I was able to help the seniors go on a go on a um, amazing victory there. And then I think going on to the next season, which which is going to start so soon compared to the normal normal years that right now is supposed to be our spring ball time. So I think this win can be perfect opportunity that I know that we can, that we can build a better, stronger culture of like family and a winning culture going into the next season. And I think what I loved this season was that I think that already started, that our culture building started from our coach, uh, coach Stittig, our head coach, and then all of our, all of our captains like Nathan Clark, ben, Benny Sindico, uh, Jack Barkley and Tyler Smith and all of our teammates work so hard every single week that when you look at our record and look at how many points we scored, we scored more points every single week leading into last Thursday night. And then when you win in that kind of victory, I think it's just such a good start again that even though it's the last last play of the season, I think it can be also seen as like the first play of the next season that we can start off of a high note going into next season and hope for a better result. Yeah, definitely makes the next six months more enjoyable, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, and now Daniel, you're you're back there in Connecticut. We should point out Middletown, Connecticut, and our our producer here, Brandon Hamilton, just informed me right before we went on the air with you, and I had no idea. Told him that you were in Middletown, Connecticut, and of course he said it's the home of Joey Logano, the NASCAR driver. I'm assuming you already knew that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> is he is he kind of a big deal back there in in Middletown? Yeah, I heard about it from a few people around here, so I guess it's a pretty big deal here. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Well, I've got to ask you because again, it's a Thursday night game. It's what probably ten thirty thereabouts, right? No, I mean, it's, I guess it's more like past midnight where you are. Was the game online, and if so, were you watching it, or was one of your parents texting you? Were you following the game when when James was out there getting ready to kick this field goal? Yeah, so um, I was actually library studying, and I knew the game was going on. And in the family group chat, my mom telling me like, uh, "Your brother just scored PAT," and like my mom's been sending me a lot of videos, him kicking and how the team is doing. So I was getting keep updated, but I was just uh, you know it was weekday, a Thursday, so I was just doing homework like usual. And then my mom just sent me this video, and he was like, uh, "She was like, this is crazy," and. I just watched it and it was just unbelievable. And I think I was just, I just left the library and w- watching this video and calling my mom and calling my dad and just celebrating. So, yeah. Well, and the thing that's neat, well. the thing that's neat too is that often, especially when two brothers play the same position, you could have sibling rivalries. They can kind of get in the way and maybe there's, you know, one is a little more jealous or envious of the other one. But you were out there ahead of the game. I saw on social media, you were even tweeting about it. And, how proud were you of little brother at that time? Oh, so proud. I, I just couldn't even put into words. Um, just so proud. Um, you know, my brother and I have been kicking whole oxygen in the field. We go to, you know, um, gym together, kick together at night. And at home, I my brother tweaks my form. I tweak his form. Um, we just try to help each other and beneficial for each other. And seeing my brother having this kind of success is making me so proud. Well, and I think the thing that's interesting, too, I know that from texting with you guys over the last day or so, one of you mentioned to me, and Daniel, I'll, I'll let you start with this one. You're the older brother here. You guys relocated to the United States in 2014, correct, from South Korea? Is that right? Yeah. So what did you know about football when you came here? That, that wasn't that long ago. That's only seven years ago. Yeah, when I first came here, I had absolutely no idea anything about rules, anything about football, because in Korea, football is not big at all, and it's usually baseball or soccer. So I was actually a big baseball fan and soccer fan. And even when I first came to Seattle, I was playing soccer till sophomore year, I would say. And uh, sophomore year, I would just went to uh, watch, I believe it was Cascade game, just as in a as a normal student in the student section. And I saw kicker kicking, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I remember I um, came back uh, home, and I just, like, searched up who the varsity kicker was. I texted him. I'm very interested. And he told me to come to practice the next day. And I kicked five to ten balls during the practice. 
and coach told me if you keep practicing this offseason, you can be in varsity. And I was like, so hype! I can play in front of these crowds in varsity. So ever since that day, I've been practicing um, very hard. So James, so, did, yeah. did James follow in, in Big Brother's footsteps? I mean, James, how did you get interested? And what did you know about football yeah. when you came to America? Well, when I first came here, I thought it was rugby. I thought there was no difference. That why they start hitting people, <laughs> and I was a little scared of the sport at first. And then probably like two years after I came here, um, I first started loving the game of football, not kicking. That um, I started watching NFL games, go on YouTube and search up biggest hits in football, biggest crowds in college football, and started getting, started loving the football game. And then, and then naturally, my brother started kicking for his high school team. I was like, oh, okay. And then my sophomore year, his senior year, I joined the team and then mostly hold it for my brother, and then, uh, which is harder than it looks. I did a lot of holding that year. And then, uh, and then I just started uh, kicking and punting for my J- JV team and just learning how the game works, how team works, how everything else works. And then my junior year right now, I was able to uh, learn from mistakes and everything from the last season and learn from my brother on how to exactly kick and how to uh, be involved in football team. And then this year, it happened. Well, it seems to be paying off for both of you. Now, Daniel, for you, we mentioned it earlier, you're now at Wesleyan University. You're actually playing football there, correct? Yes. However, Wesleyan, or the, the conference they're in, they didn't have a football season this year, right? It was canceled. So do you get to save that year of eligibility? Does that count as a redshirt year, or – is it kind of like the rest of the Division One NCAA where you get the option of whether or not you want to utilize a year or not? So this year wouldn't count, so I'll save my eligibility. So you still have five years to play four, essentially, with a redshirt if you wanted it. Yeah. So how's the experience for you? Because, again, you're, you're at a, a new place, a new environment, 3,000 or whatever it is miles away from home during a pandemic of all things. What is the, uh, the school experience like for you? Is it, has it been just the usual experience that a normal college student would have a freshman year? Or how, how different is it during the 2020-2021 school year? I mean, definitely things are restricted here uh, due to COVID. But people here are just so supportive and great people, great professors, great coaching staff. So, like, I'm just, I'm just oh, so thankful to be here, just living day by day. I'm having great time here, so yeah. And now, has the team been practicing at least, or is it not even? Is that shut down as well? Yeah, so we have like practice two, three times a week um, during fall, uh, first quarter, uh, first semester, and second semester, and we have lifting, lifting three times a week as well. So we just keep getting ready for this fall season, hopefully. So Division Three program, do you have a little bit of an idea as to where you might be on the depth chart, even though there's not actual games going on? Obviously, in practice. You got a pretty good gauge as to who can kick and how far they can kick and what kind of accuracy they have. Where where do you yeah, stand so, right now? So currently, there's uh, me and uh, another sophomore who's also a kicker punter. But you know, it's competition. So um, and this that's what I like because that's gonna make myself better and make him better also. So just uh, take it day by day. This competition, work hard, and try to be best version of myself. Now, I went to the website earlier today for Wesleyan University. Beautiful campus, by the way. Gorgeous school. I have a feeling that probably factored in there as well. But what ultimately led you to go in there? Because I know the other thing that we haven't even talked about yet, and I'm embarrassed to admit this now because I should have almost led with this, but you and James are both outstanding students. What, uh, what made you go to Wesleyan? Uh, most important thing was um, obviously football was very important for me as well, but academic was um, very important for me as well. And Wesleyan, um, academically, it's one of the most prestigious school in the world. And on top of that, the small liberal arts school. So um, that's what I was kind of wanted to have. Just small, um, people know each other, everyone on the campus, um, dean, um, professors, such a small class. So I get to be involved in class more. And I get to learn more as well. Um, beautiful campus, um, great coaching staff. Um, I talked to a few people before I committed, um, and I just heard so many good things about this school, and I was like, this is a place that I want to go. So, yeah. And I know I talked to you off the air, so I want to ask you now, but I know you're still undecided on what you want to study, but the nice thing about that school is you do have some options there. James, what about you? You're only a junior, but I, and we should also mention, James, you were just elected, what, ASB vice president for next year? Is that correct? 
Yes, sir. So I know school's important for you. I know in terms of ac- the academic side of things, in terms of being involved, what does the future hold for you? Do you want to follow in your brother's footsteps again and continue to maybe kick in college? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I want to do. That uh, Right now I'm trying to start uh, reaching out to more coaches, trying to get recruited, and hopefully go to a place that has both good academic and athletic program that, uh, and, and a place that wants me. So that's the, that's the goal. That's the hope. Are you looking to go East Coast like your brother, or are you ready to go any, anywhere, anytime? Just depends on what, what the offer is. Just anywhere in the United States. Anywhere that has a football program, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, very good. And we, so we should ask, too, since we didn't really talk to Daniel. And, James, let me ask you, give me a, a quick assessment of, of Daniel as a kicker. What kind of a kicker is he? I mean, everything that I learned about kicking was from him. That uh, From first start, how I started punting, I started kicking. I started doing kickoffs. Everything, it was from him. And, I mean, he's, he's an amazing kicker. That you know, That's what he was first known for for being an amazing kicker. So that's what I always try to learn from. I look at his form, try to learn from his form, and and just, and just also learn from his, uh, his mentality, how he works as well. Okay, now, Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if a college recruit is out there listening right now, a college coach, and wants to know why they should recruit James Yoon as a kicker, what, what's your assessment for them? What's your scouting report? I mean, I think he has every tool. Right, great academics, um, leadership, hardworking, um, everything. If you ask all the coaches, any players in the team, um, I know everyone's going to say um, every all the positives. It's about my brother, James, So, um, and he's going to be a huge asset, punting, kicking, kickoff, leadership, being a great leader um, just um, on and off the field. So um, I think it will be a huge um, asset to a team and for the school as well. Well, there we go. Well, first and foremost, James still has another year left at Jackson. So, James, again, you mentioned it earlier. It's not that far away. Your senior year coming up, I, I would imagine you and the Timberwolves are ready to go already, aren't you? Exactly. We're just starting, uh, and I think everybody hopes this practice can start tomorrow, and and our I think our culture is going to start building stronger again and hope that we can win more games next year. Well, there you have it. James Yoon, the junior kicker for Jackson, Kicked the 44-yard field goal as time expired last week to give the Timberwolves a 36-34 victory over Everett. Also joining us tonight, Daniel, all the way from Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut. The Yoon brothers, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Best wishes to both of you next season and beyond, and we look forward to keep uh, keeping on following you all throughout your, uh, your careers here as kickers. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So thank now, you. next segment, we're going to go from one type of kicker to another we're going to talk a little boys soccer when we come back. Henry Bush, the head soccer coach for the Mariner Marauders, the boys team, coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanley. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. 
Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season. And for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros, since 1971 on Evergreen Way and online at EverettSafeAndLock.com. Well, we mentioned it earlier on the show, and it's worth mentioning one more time and maybe multiple times, spring sports are back. It's been 23 months, almost 23 months, since spring sports athletes have had a chance to take the field, take to the courts, take to the tracks, the fields, other places, and they finally get to do that this week. In fact, they started yesterday. One such team is the Mariner Marauders boys soccer team. They played a 1-1 tie with Shorewood last night, but more importantly, they played, and that's what's important. Joining us right now, the head coach for Mariner, Henry Bush, and Henry, I've got to think the result didn't even matter that much last night. It's just good to be back, isn't it? Yeah, it was just great to be back on the field. And, um, you know, we we had about two weeks of practice last year until uh, everything got canceled. And um, so, it, yeah, just felt really nice to be back under the light. Now, as far as when things were canceled last year, and obviously we, I think if my memory serves me correctly, we – kind of told early on, well, maybe we're out for a week or two, and then a week or two became a month, and then it kind of got pushed back further and further. Have you had constant contact with your team over the last 12 months? What, what has that been like in terms of just trying to keep in touch with these guys? Because, again, a, a big part of this, and sometimes we forget this, we look at wins and losses, but sports are a big part of a high schooler's life, and in terms of keeping them on the straight and narrow and keeping them active and psychologically keeping – keeping them fresh and ready to go. And what, what has it been like for you trying to stay in touch with these kids and making sure they're doing okay? Yeah. So once, um, once everything kind of shut down uh, last year, like you said, we, we didn't really know when it, when it all started. And so at first it was kind of like uh, I, I was keeping in contact in case we were coming back, but then realized that we weren't going to be back for a season. Um, but you know, there was a, definitely some key players, key group of guys that uh, I kept in contact with, made sure that they were uh, keeping up with their schoolwork. And a lot of them play club, which uh, they, they got to do for, for a large portion of the past year. And so I was constantly asking them how those uh, practices and teams were doing. So, well, And bigger picture, what does it mean for them to be back out there now? I mean, have you had a chance to kind of talk to the guys a little bit, just – I've got to think there's probably a little extra pep in the step, so to speak, and just that enthusiasm. Maybe, you know, now that, you know, you've had that loss, so to speak, and now that you've been able to experience what life is like without it, does it mean that much more having them out there? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, the, the, the group of guys uh, that I have this year, uh, we've got a lot of seniors on the team and a lot of juniors. And the, the senior class this year uh, was actually – I was previously I was the, the freshman boys coach at Mariner and this was the last actually year actual actual class of freshmen that I coached um, and so I think we're all pretty happy to actually get the opportunity to play uh, together one more time and you know a bunch of these guys don't necessarily play on the same club teams or anything like that so I do think that they're excited to uh, to, to have one more even even though it's short one more season together. Yeah, and I know you and I were talking offline a little bit and mentioning that, you know, people forget sometimes too during hardships and times like this, sometimes you got kids on your team that need to work for, to help pay the bills for the family and they're balancing academics and sports and work and going through everything else we're dealing with with COVID. It, it's just nice to have them back out there. That's for sure. And I, I you know, I think it's good for their psyche and I think it's good for just uh, just their motivation and just to, to, to be outside. And, I mean, it's, the weather's been pretty nice so far. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's just nice to be, to be 
back out kicking the ball around. Well, and before I ask you to go in detail a little more on the 2021 team, let's go back to 2019 for a moment. It was your first year as the varsity head coach. You, you mentioned that you were already a, a part of the program, but you weren't the head coach at the time. You became the head coach in 2019, and you guys had an interesting run there. You tied for second place in Wesco 4A, and of course we then go to that by district that I think everybody was kind of looking at going, oh, what does this mean for everything, you know, all things considered. Now, who who are these teams from the, the east side of King County and how good are they? And you found out pretty quickly. I know you were in a situation where you had essentially two games to win one to get to state. You lose to Issaquah. You have to play a loser-out, winner-to-state game against East Lake. And just to kind of set the tone here a little bit and just to kind of fly through it, you take a two-goal lead, you lose the two-goal lead, you go into overtime, you win on penalty kicks, and your team goes to state your very first year. Talk a little bit about that experience and what it was like through that month of May and getting through that and, and actually qualifying for state year number one for you. Oh, man, that was, uh, that was just that was quite a roller coaster. Um, and uh, to kind of start that whole process off, we, you know, that year we had this weird playoff with Kamiak um, where we were playing for that second seed and we ended up, you know, they, they had this weird little playoff game where we had 20 minute halves and that one ended up going to a shootout. And, and then that gave us the second seed into the tournament. Um, so basically from the get go, we were, uh, it was just a battle the whole time. And then of course that game against Eastlake, um, I, you know, I kind of, maybe foolishly thought we, we had it in the bag and they scored two right there at the end and um, had to take it to sh- another shootout. And luckily we, we came through and obviously we, uh, we would have, we would have liked to have gotten a little bit deeper in the state tournament, but we ended up losing to uh, Pialop who ended up going on and winning the whole thing. But um, it was just, it was just a great experience. And um, I had a great group of guys that year as well. And, you know, the one of the first years that I was uh, assisting at Mariner, we went to state and we went a little deeper than we did in 2019. And um, that was just an awesome experience. So that was that was always just kind of the goal to get back there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have that this year, but uh, we'll be we'll be shooting for that next year. That's for sure. Well, I was just going to say I had it in my notes here that if you're going to get knocked out in the first round of the state tournament, do it to the eventual state champions. It stings a lot less, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Yeah, we were watching the results for the the next couple weeks, and and it was kind of like, oh, okay, that doesn't that doesn't hurt so bad. So now, two years later, here and again, the kids lose last season, but you're now looking at 2021. Was it a young team that went to state two years ago? Did you re- do you return some of those freshmen and sophomores? What what kind of a team are we looking at right now? Um, well, at Mariner, we we have a pretty strong soccer program. And so we actually don't, um, we try not to actually put very many freshmen on the varsity because we want them kind of playing on the freshman team um, with, with kind of guys their own age. Um, So a lot of, you know, from that 2019 team, there's, um, there's really only, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the roster right now. And um, to tell you the truth, I think there is only one player on uh, the current team that was on that 2019 team. Other than that, it's pretty much all, uh, all different guys. So give us a few names. If we get out to a Marauders game this year, who are we watching? Um, Well, definitely to start uh, would be number 10, uh, Pedro Martinez. Um, He was, uh, a starter for me back in 2019, um, and he's definitely one of the guys that uh, is, you know, holding it down uh, this year. He um, he'll be playing mostly center midfield, uh, maybe a little bit of forward. Uh, he's just yeah, super talented young man, and um, he's he's been you know he would have been he, he would have been really good last year as well, but now it's his senior year and um, he played. He's been playing really well, and he played really well in the game last night. So, any other players? Um, yeah, and so then uh, another uh, player would be uh, Jesus Triaco uh, Trujillo, and um, he uh, he played for Mariner as a freshman, and then he had to take his sophomore year off um, to deal with some stuff uh, with his family. Uh, he was back last year, would have been playing with us last year, 
but obviously that didn't happen. So really excited to have him back on the team. Um, he's another senior, and um, yeah, he's extremely talented. Uh, definitely miss him having him as a sophomore. Um, and then uh, a couple other guys to keep an eye on. I'm, uh, I'm sure that you've heard the name uh, Jackson Cole coming out of Mariner before. Um, he was. Uh, we watched him play a little big, football. Yeah, he <laughs> plays a little football. He uh, does very well. Uh, yeah, he was the uh, the quarterback there for a couple years for the Mariner football team. Um, and you know, it'll be. I'm really excited to have him out there too. He. Uh, as a as a freshman and a sophomore, he didn't play for us. Uh, he was he was doing pole vault for track, and he I kept trying to convince him to come out. I had heard that he was a good soccer player, uh, and then he he came out last year, and uh, yeah, he did not disappoint in the two weeks that I got to got to have him on the team. And uh, he's back out again this year, and uh, he's he's playing defense for us and. Um, he's just, yeah, super, super solid in the back and just a great kid, really good leader. So soccer wins um, out then, over pole vault. Uh, what's that? I said soccer wins out over pole vault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, another guy to mention would be our, our goalkeeper, uh, Jesus Pacheco. Uh, he's been um, playing since he was a freshman. Um, unfortunately, uh, the past couple of years, he's had a, uh, a hard guy playing in front of him. That was our, our keeper from uh, that 2019 team, and uh, he would have been the keeper last year. His name was uh, Ibu Barrow, um, really good player, uh, definitely one of the best uh, goalkeepers in West Co. And so a, a hard guy to be playing behind, but uh, this year, Jesus is super talented, and, and this year he, he gets his chance to uh to, to get that starting role and um, yeah, just really solid goalkeeper and I'm excited to see uh, what he what he brings to the table this year. I just pulled up your schedule here on Wesco Athletics. Uh, they didn't do you any favors here early on. You played Shorewood last night. That was a one-one tie and that was a Shorewood team that finished fairly high in the standings two years ago and I think they outscored their opponents that year, thirty-one to nine. And now you get a Meadowdale team that's coming off of a four-one victory over Cascade tomorrow night and that's your first home game. So at least yep. you'll be over at Goddard Stadium, and that's a Mavericks team that I know has a few nice, impressive class of 21 guys that played well as sophomores a couple of years ago. Going to be a tough game. Yep, yep for sure. Um, and uh, But, you know, like you said, we uh, it's actually – I, I looked, actually looked it up earlier today. It is exactly 23 months to the day um, since our last game at Goddard Stadium. Oh, so, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think yeah May May ninth was the last uh, was the last game that was that game against Issaquah in 2019. So uh, I think our boys will be fired up and uh, I think they'll be ready to go. And you know it's it's interesting this year because we're playing um, a bunch of teams that that we have never played before or or, or not ne- not necessarily never before, but we don't play very often. And so um, you know and, and they haven't played us very often. So it'll be uh, it's. It's going to be an interesting season because we've got all these these different uh, opponents, and um, yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the game tomorrow. It'll be it'll be great to be back out on that Goddard Field. I hadn't noticed that until you mentioned it, but now that I'm looking, you have a 10 game schedule, and yeah, Kamiak and Cascade really the only two Wesco 4A schools from two years ago. Everybody else is either a Wesco 3A or a Wesco 2A, or you've you've got Lakewood who. Was coming down and joining Wesco for one year, so yeah, kind of a, a variety for you guys, so to speak, this year. Kind of exciting. Yeah, for sure. And we we actually just ended up having to uh, reschedule a game for next week, and so we we've actually got Archbishop Murphy on Wednesday, um, who I don't know when the last time Mariner played Archbishop, so that'll be another um, another fun one for sure. Yeah, so some of the silver linings, if you will, through the pandemic, anyway. So it's uh, it should be fun. And hey, regardless of who you're playing, you're playing, and that's the big thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, you know, and I'm a teacher up at Mariner and I, you know, I haven't seen students in a while and I can't tell you how nice it is to actually have some interactions with kids face to face again. Well, and we are happy to be able to cover the sport again and to be talking about it and not talking about what could have been or what might have been. We're actually seeing you guys on the pitch doing what you love best. And again, Mariner tomorrow hosting over at Frank Goddard, Meadowdale, 7 p.m. start time. And I guess I should ask, 
Uh, are you guys doing any kind of streaming for your games this year? Is there a way to watch Mariner Marauder soccer? Uh, yeah, um, so there, we are streaming games, and uh, the, the link for that should be posted on the, uh, the Mariner Marauder Athletics uh, .com website. And then, um, you know, we do have, uh, we will have limited uh, spectators tomorrow, and um, there should be actually a good amount of tickets at the, uh, at the gate. So if anybody wants to come down and watch some soccer. Bring your masks and two very good soccer teams doing battle. Again, 7 p.m. tomorrow at Frank Goddard over at Mariner High School. Henry Bush, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, great to see you guys back out there again, and best wishes this year. All right, great. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So there you have it. Soccer, football, we talked a little basketball, and I should also mention other spring sports going on right now. Girls tennis, which just got underway today. Baseball, softball, uh, boys and girls golf, boys and girls track and field, all going on right now, and we'll be talking about them over the next few weeks here. Tonight's show is brought to you by Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood. Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Glass by Lund, The Hometown Handyman, The Buzz In Steakhouse, The Law Office of Russell and Hill, and Screen Printing Northwest. Hey, Steve, who do we have on the show tonight? Brandon, I was hoping you were going to ask me that because we did want to cover this one more time. On the show earlier tonight, we had Cameron Van Til from the Everett Herald. We had the Yoon brothers, James and Daniel, both from Jackson High School. James is currently a junior there, just kicked a big winning field goal last Thursday. Daniel is a student at Wesleyan University in Middleton, Connecticut. And then finally, the last segment there, the Mariner Marauders boys soccer head coach, Henry Bush. Full show tonight. We'll continue talking spring sports next week, and we hope you'll join us 7 p.m. next Thursday night right back here on KRKO. Have a great evening. KRKO Everett, K237 GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now. More of Everett's greatest hits.
Survivor, Eye of the Tiger, 